I see those little bugs that jump uh, so fast and high often in the grass. I think to scale, like imagine what that must be like. A completely different universe through the eyes of those bugs. Completely different senses. Different forms. So far disconnected from our human dribble, yet so closely related. Every creature has its own superpower. Its own magic. It doesn't matter if it's noticed by anyone else or not. That will never matter. Your superpowers excite, they disrupt, they protect, and they defy. But they are never meant to be pure entertainment for anybody around you. Nature itself has every form of teaching, understanding, wisdom, and entertainment you will ever need. Pure, unconditional love. I'm Heath Armstrong, and this is Never Stop Peaking. It's depressing like a dimple on your butt. If you behave, you'll get a nickel you can spend on stuff. And in time, you'll get a dime if you impress your boss. So you can buy some more stuff just to numb your thoughts. You've been a space-driven higgity hunk of me since birth. Flying through the universe on a rock called Earth. Composed of stardust with an emotional gut. Why you letting conformity slam you up the butt? You're not one fucks, two fucks, red fucks, blue fucks. You can play duck hunt and wait around for luck. Or you can rent a big truck and drive your vision. Build a palace to the moon. Your schmuck friends piss their pants Get up and dance, rocket ship that booty Take a chance for your freedom, miggity milk that booby Cause when the fear attacks, it tries to crack What you're thinking, fuck no, you'll never stop peeking Hi-da-ho! What's up everybody? Wow it's been a while, and for good reason. Um, a lot of resettling, personally. I'm a firm believer that when we get ourselves into periods of life that feel too overwhelming, too too much, you know, like we have a lot of energy. We have so much energy that comes through our body that we can channel into different directions, but what are we doing with it? And I think that there was a while there where I got into a pretty – a significant clusterfuck, really, of all these different energies and all these different projects that were really taking a lot of my attention. And instead of feeling bad about stepping away and instead of feeling like there was something wrong with stepping away, um, I actually just embraced it and was like, you know what? These things are created through a passion, through a happiness. This is something that we do because... We love it. You're here listening because you love to connect. You love to communicate. I'm here recording because I want to help. I love communicating. And there's so much beauty on both sides of it. But it's only going to happen if we take care of ourselves first, right? If we can understand what is troubling us, dial into it, find some unconditional love, and then step back in and rage. And so we're here back to rage. Um, The gap was fun. It was interesting. I went through a lot of ups and downs. I found myself in some very vast financial fuckery for a while that I'm still just kind of right after the show getting off to go and start restructuring financing on. Um, I've created a lot of amazing things and I, and I put so much into 
trying to write, trying to share on social media, trying to run Rage Create and Fist Pumps LLC and all of the Amazon stuff that we do as well. Um, but there had been a hiccup a couple years ago that had put me back quite significantly. And it has brought me to a point of being in a pretty large bootstrap debt hole with, with a business. And so I'm restructuring some things and you know, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that. I don't think anybody out there should ever be. I want you to know that we all struggle. We all go through things like this and it's how it has to be. Uh, and eventually when we keep pushing against the universe that basically you ask for something and you have a vision, the universe is going to show you the path to that vision and give you a little taste of it. And as you start going, then it's going to send some gigantic distraction to see if you're going to fuck it up or not. And that can be a very hard place because you could end up with 10 projects. You can end up trying to do too many things. And it all goes back to that first thing that you really just wanted the most how much did you fuck it up along the way because of all these distractions that were sent in place? So you need to focus and know what you want. Um, but anyways, I, I had a memory. Well, you know, like I come across people a lot that <laughs> some of the emotions and feelings that I've been diving into lately in, in understanding what it's like to detach from the fact that we are not our emotions and not our feelings. And we can go behind them. And we can witness what they're doing to us. And a lot of times we interact with people that might really kind of draw some of those emotions or feelings up. But like, why is it happening is the question. And how do we move through it so we can heal and then move into things like unconditional love or peace or surrender? And there, there are just some people in life that have, I mean, they have got to have been conceived through just straight butt sex, angry butt sex. Because how else could somebody be such a raging asshole all the time. But in the same moment that I'm thinking like, oh, we should all stay away from those smelly booties. Um, I'm thinking about like, what would they have had to have gone through in this life to get to that point? Why are they like that? And how do we prevent ourselves from going in that direction as well? Because we all have that on a micro level. We don't want to be the smelly booties. We want to be the badonkadonks that are made of roses awaiting the world's spooning, if you know what I mean. This episode, um, it is, it was recorded about a month and a half ago. I was going to put it out before the gap, and I didn't. It's with Jackie and Justin who run Flow Consciousness Magazine. They are incredible people. I was doing a fast that day, a 24 hour fast. And so I, f I just remember my mind being completely fucking bonkers, like gone, couldn't connect thoughts. I don't know how well this interview went with my side. Now they are some of the most magical people in the world. They have done just, I can't even put into words the system that they are teaching the world to help people move into flow consciousness, which is the ability to just easily love life, flow through passion, free will, using specific science and tools as well to have the happiest, healthiest, highest performing life of abundance that you possibly can. This is something that is actually connected through divine taps as well. So this subject can go really, really deep. It's things that people as big as Tony Robbins are very much into. 
Jackie and Justin's stories are very interesting. I've had the pleasure of doing breathwork ceremonies with them around the world, meeting them in person. Um, I've had some really magical things happen uh, through just channeled messages between us, which is pretty insane that I would love to share with you guys soon. And I'm just going to, I'm going to go right into this interview so you guys can check it out. I'll be coming out with some other episodes shortly. I want everyone here to know that I, in the time that I was gone, we were doing a lot of focus on rage, create branding. So if you've been here from the beginning or you remember from the artsy now show or anything before I've come a long way and I finally got my chance to do <laughs> my first video, really my first professional, you know, marketing commercial type video. There's humor. It's kind of right on point. You guys can go check that out. If you haven't seen it already on um, Facebook or, or our site, if you go to ragecreate.com forward slash deck, uh, the video will be embedded at the top. And it's, it's funny. I would love to know your thoughts on it. If you really want to give me your thoughts or ask any question for the show, please do go to heatharmstrong.com forward slash voice. I think that's the right. I can't even remember anymore. That should take you to a place where you can do voice messages. Um, and we're also doing a giveaway right now. So if you're interested in that, go to ragecreate.com forward slash giveaway. It's a CBD product, a sweet ass journal and a t-shirt i believe so check that out and then also let's see here our volume two of skid and the unisquids battle the gremlins is out on ragecreate.com as well so if you're into comics at all these are funny it's it's really just the notion of of skid the unisquid our mascot and the good light force team fighting different types of gremlins in space. And this episode, they take on the fear gremlins, the giant fear gremlins, I believe. So go check that out. And yeah, I am, uh, I'm so pumped to be here doing this. I'm making a lot of strides in developing how I can be the most effective teacher for you. I know these episodes have been going slow. I know I haven't been putting a lot of content out on the internet because I've been focusing on areas that I believe are the most important for now. But do not forget, I write like a maniac and I have lots of content and I'm learning so many skill sets that I believe very shortly I will be turning into something like a YouTube channel, which will also be repurposed here. But I, after I did that video, I just started falling in love with this notion of of being able to create something that's not only audio form, but also video. And it's, it's a whole nother level, but it's, it's very fascinating to me. And I think it's more effective as far as a teaching thing can go. So yeah, that's exciting, but I'll get into this interview and I love you all. I don't care where you're from, what you do, what you look like, if you're hairy or if you wax your anus, you are the same to me. One big giant ball of love now, here is Jackie and Justin, and here we go. Come on, everybody, let me hear that beat. Come on, come on, everybody, let me hear that stickity, stickity, riggity, diggity beat. Yeah.
introduced you guys before the show. Um, I have to go ahead and call in the abundant and prosperity gods of Lakshmi and Raphael and Mary Magdalene and Jupiter to be of assistance with with you all because you have that presence to you in so many different ways. Wow. I, and, and I'm really saying this from the bottom of my heart because I, I did a little bit of flow state and conscious flow state when I was trying to get out of my old toxic lifestyle and create a business and, you know, sell all my things and move across the country or whatever. But I never knew what it was called. I never knew that it was actually a thing. I just felt like I was following a lot of intuition throughout that process. And I still have yet to come across anyone who puts it into terms that people can not only understand, but actually immediately start taking action in the right direction to bring this type of flow to life, which is essentially just this ease, this sort of magical feeling to just be in the moment at all times and to go with it and whatever way feels right, I guess, and how many different flowers can blossom from that experience. And it can actually create long-term happiness as opposed to most of these other things that go down the path of only creating short-term thrills that don't necessarily sustain anything. Um, so thank you guys for coming. It's amazing. I, I'm going to, I guess I'll leave the video on. It's, it's going to, yeah, leave it on. It looks good. Getting a little bit skipping, but it looks okay. Um, yeah. I, I want to do like a, just a brief introduction for both of you. If you can, if you want to say anything about yourself, you can, I already did it before the show, but just to get, the mindset, right. But I would like to actually talk sort of, uh, of a system for people who may be listening that don't know much about flow. You guys are no strangers to explaining this type of thing and how magical it can be. But I, I do think it's a fantastic gift for somebody to hear this type of thing. Um, so as the Betar queen and king, which we may get mm -hmm. into in a little bit, we might go in different directions or off topic or whatever, which is totally fine. But if that's cool with you guys, I would like to cover that subject. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Wherever you want to go, yeah, we, we, we trust the flow. To, to uh, <laughs> perhaps against our better judgment, we always just go over <laughs> So, Yeah, I know. And now I'm already like thinking, I didn't even finish the story about flowing down to California before either. So anyway, so okay, I went we, to, have, we have till 730. Well, I went to San Diego and I jumped off my connecting flight to go see another mentor. And that's why I was down there. So that was the cap. But okay, uh, cool. it, it felt right. It felt right. Everything's good now. I made it back just in time for this. So perfect. Thanks. Yeah. And you guys' hair is looking phenomenal. Well, thank you. Is, is, yeah, go ahead. Is one more yeah. phenomenal than the other? <laughs> I don't, uh, man, that's tough. I have to cut mine because he just cut his and we were like twinning before. I, I, so it's like, I, I, I trimmed my side brows. Look, now <laughs> it has to be more like that. And then we're like twins. Uh, mine's getting long too. I'm not going to cut it though. But Don't cut it. Actually, anyways. long hair is supposed to increase your intuition. <laughs> no joke. It sounds funny, but the, uh, I don't know if you've heard this anecdote, but the, um, a lot of Native American tribes really strongly believe that. And uh, that's why they all had long hair. And uh, the first things that the, uh, the colonizing powers used to do is cut their hair off when they when they captured them. Because they knew how important it oh, was. I guess that makes sense. You always see them yeah. like, cutting the braids off or whatever. Yep. 
Interesting. Yeah. Don't ever cut. So it. don't cut your hair. You know that's that is really really interesting for me because when I started growing my long hair was when I actually started, and you could pair it as like just this idea of not caring as much or doing what I want to do for myself for once in my life. But as I started doing that, I really did start picking up much higher levels of just um, being okay with the thoughts that were going on in my head, as opposed to what other people wanted me to think out in Kentucky. And then I cut my hair off after I got back from Africa. And then I had like perhaps the, the hardest six to eight months of my entrepreneurial career and was totally confused. And now my hair is long again, and I'm like on the ball. So, hey, it makes sense. It's a thing. It's, I mean, it's a thing. Let's put it this way: the military and all like the police forces, they always want you to have short hair. <laughs> you know, the good person. True. But they always do that. You know, so. Dude, yeah. <laughs> Why is that, man? They're probably making people get Brazilian waxes too, and we don't even know. Totally. totally. Yeah, that's that hair is worth four times as much as this hair. So definitely has to be in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> you can't cut that part out. <laughs> Another thing that I love about you guys is there's no filter and you're super raw. So this is this is my type of people. Um, but in in reality, I, I not that everything's not reality for for us or me. I. What is- it's jupiter and laxby and Raphael and mary magdalene perfect totally exactly and now that i know that the hair thing is is just another tool or weapon to continue i feel like i'm this light's making me look like i'm jesus anyways let's go back into whatever so you two as a pair, how long have you been working together? Three years? Three, three and a half. Yeah, three years. Three-ish? Three years. We met three and a half ago, but we've been working together three years. But your story of how you met, I don't think, I think I've heard bits and pieces of it, but I don't think I've heard the full thing. You were working in a, a hospital, right? Is that correct? No. Am I getting that right? No? <laughs> no, I was, I was in the hospital as a you patient. You were in the hospital, but was, what about you, Justin? Justin was the, I was the, doctor. the cancer <laughs> But you you were in the hospital. You were working in the hospital. I was right? the Justin was, I was the, Justin yeah. was the candy striper. The candy. Oh it's like the person who uh, just kind of assists the nurse. Oh, I've never heard of that before. Um, no, I was uh, I was taking care of Jackie at the hospital loosely. She she basically came to stay with. Well, it's a, it's the story starts a little bit before then. But this is the inception of us working together. Basically, Jackie came uh, through town on our way up to uh, San Francisco area to go to a conference. And we had met previously in the desert at the Integratron. Um, and so we, we didn't really get to dive in very deeply together. So she said, well, I'm going to be coming up uh, your way in a couple of weeks. Why don't I just stop by and, you know, we'll spend some time together. And so she came by late one night, went to some event in Ojai. And the next morning... Uh, I wake up and I come outside and she's like, oh my God, I need to go to the hospital right now. <laughs> she's like, I'm having sh- crazy pains in my stomach. And I was like sweating profusely. On yeah, the couch. yeah. And it was, it was probably October. So not, to not really, a picture with me. Yeah. Not really a time to sweat profusely. And um, what year was it? 2000. 
2015, yeah. And so she goes, she ends up going to the hospital. Turns out she has what I like to call a freak umbilical infection. That's the medical term Definitely. for uh, her. And so she ended up in the hospital and I basically was, you know, committed instantly to taking care of her for the next two weeks. But it ended up being a really good thing because so you weren't, you weren't like a male nurse or anything. You were. No, 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 no. That was all, you flowed into that. This is perfect. Totally. Yeah. So he and Megan came by every day to visit. We hung out and realized there was so much resonance in what we taught and what we thought. And, you know, we knew we needed to work together. So we decided in the hospital that we were going to write a book and do a speaking tour and all this stuff. And then flow consciousness was born. So you didn't have an idea of what you would be working doing yet or create no, we had both been subject. teaching similar things separately independently and then uh, a mutual friend had connected us saying you guys really need to to know each other because you're teaching similar things and so what this was teaching? just this idea of living in flow okay and so it was a little bit of flow already oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and uh so then we were like okay it's time yep and then- right there Right there in the, in the, in the hospital, hospital bed, with my my f- filet mignon and uh, and pan seared salmon and the gown that only covers the front part of your body and you know all, all the it's good. It's an interesting activation time because that was exactly when I was. Um, that was when my intuition hit hard, and I decided I was going to leave my job, and then I left early in 2016, and that period from like. August 2015 until May 2016 was the biggest transition ever for me. So that's cool. You guys were yeah. simultaneously doing this somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, totally. Yeah, it is a big transition, that that transition that you speak of. Making the leap into entrepreneurship, really yeah. sitting in the driver's seat, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I feel like if you get tapped, you have no way of, of running from it. And if you do, it, things are just going to be very miserable. Yeah. Um, which I hope that everybody gets to discover at some point. Just this this feeling of knowing that you don't belong somewhere. Well, not I don't want that. I don't want people to have to feel like that. But most of the time, if you're somewhere that you don't feel like you belong, I would love for people to experience being able to have some sort of tap that that guides them or their intuition to open up and then to follow it, to fist bump with it. Yeah. Well. You can even say if you're somewhere where you don't want to be, that's a sign that you should make the shift to where you want to be, you know? Yeah. If you're experiencing that, that's like, hey, if you're listening to this right now and this is you, this is the universe telling you to move towards what you actually want to be doing through us. That's the tap. Yeah. It's beautiful. And so many different people and resources or whatever there's there's seeds that are thrown in front of us all the time and it's just a matter of paying attention to them and moving into them uh, that changes everything really so you guys started doing this i mean now you speak all over the world you know you're international speakers you do this for really high profile people this is something that that people on the highest levels are utilizing in life. And I don't feel like most people can get to those levels without in some way uh, using flow. But even if like at at levels of 
like if, if I was still working at an ice cream shop or um, doing janitorial work at a car wash or some of these things that I've done in the past, if I had flow consciousness, then it would have made those situations available to bond with happiness in ways that I wasn't bonding with them then too. So it's not just about being a high level entrepreneur or anything like that. This is something that everybody can feasibly plug in on any level. So I, you guys want to, you guys want to drive into this, dive into this? Sorry. Yeah. 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 Today, so my vocabulary is like third grade. Um, so your hallmarks, right? You guys have six hallmarks. Do I remember that? Right. Seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven. That was close. Wait. I, what's okay. Let's go. Can we go over these six things and you don't have to get too in depth with it, but just kind of a general Actually, overlay. No. He's right. There's six hallmarks. Um, oh yeah. The six hallmarks. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. You're right. You're, you're absolutely. We were just. But, yeah. <laughs> just kidding, bro. <laughs> well, you can change it up whenever you need, right? Well, That's well, you know, you said you said it correctly, and then we thought of something else. Yeah, we both we both thought of something else together that was wrong, and then uh, so yeah, six hallmarks of flow. Um, first is uh, effortlessness. Would you guys want to give like your your own little overview of? what flow is the way that you describe it in case it might, be helpful. It might be helpful to have a little bit yeah. more context before we jump into the hallmarks. Yeah. yeah let's do that. For sure. Yeah. Um, so flow, what is flow? Well, uh, it depends on who you ask. We have our opinion of what flow is. Um, most people have heard of flow, uh, from, uh, Mihai Csikszentmihalyi's work, which is really around flow states. Um, Flow states are one end of the flow spectrum. What we teach is flow consciousness, which is on the other end of the spectrum. So spectrum is connected. It's, the, you know, it's the same, the same line, but just two points on separate ends of the spectrum. And the difference is that flow states are temporary. Uh, they come and go. Um, they're, they're inherently temporary. And, you know, it's more about entering an expanded state of consciousness where you get access to superhuman capacity on some level, heightened intuition, creativity, you know, you might experience effortlessness in that state. Flow consciousness, on the other hand, is more like a new operating system for your mind. So it's permanent. It's something that you, it's like a stage of development. It's one way to look at it in psychological terms. It's something that you make the shift into, and it's something that you experience ongoing. So not just a temporary state, but something that you can have access to all the time throughout your day-to-day -day life. Yeah, it's more of a way of being. So the first is more of like a trance that you go into. So if I, if I'm writing, it happens to me a lot where I just kind of like trance into this, this flow state where for an hour or two, I'm just getting like kind of a channel that's coming through me, mm -hmm. medium. Um, and the other one is really about learning how to be in this all the time, right? Just operating in this all the time. Yeah. So like a flow state is more of a, a fleeting transcendent experience and flow consciousness it becomes your your baseline operating system. It's a way of living and a way of being. Yeah. So like, you know, you're you're in a flow state for two hours. What do you do the other twenty two hours of the day? You know? Then what? So it's it's it fills in the gaps between flow states. You'll go into flow states living in flow consciousness. Again, they're they're on the same end of the spec uh, they're on the different ends of the same spectrum, so they're connected. But um but you know you're not in a flow state all the time, but you can be in a, in a, like a, a, a 
flow consciousness all the time, which is like a couple steps down from being in a peak flow state, but it's also different too. You know, it's not so much about just being in the zone per se. It's really about living life in alignment with certain principles that allow you to experience things like exponential growth and success and effortlessness and, you know, really help you to live an awesome life at the end of the day. Yeah, so. it really feels like life is conspiring in your favor. You know, whenever I think back to the times where I've started implementing this into my life, you know, people always say that time flies when you're having fun. Mm -hmm. I look back on the last three years and it feels like an entire lifetime for me. And everything else is like a blink of an eye. And it's yeah. because I was being very intentional or really just feeling and being in every single moment and, and with this flow type of operating system, I feel like it really expands that potential for people. Does that, does that seem like a common experience for you all? Does it seem like it slows down? Yeah, I think it can be both. So, you know, there is a, an aspect of radical presence and being fully immersed in the now. And in that experience, you can either expand time or collapse time. So, you know, both experiences are available. Yeah. And, and I would say, too, that when you live in flow consciousness, so much more, there's so much more movement and growth and expansion that um, I think more happens in the same amount of time often. And so, or, the, or rather, you could say the depth of what happens is more, is more, um, more intense. And so, you, it, I, I know for me, it feels like lifetimes because, you know, what would happen in a year for me before I started living in a flow can now happen in a month. You know what I mean? So like oh, yeah. when the three years go by, it really does feel like, you know, six years or 30 years happened in that time frame because so much more is happening now. You're growing so much more that like for most people, that same amount of growth would take, you know, a decade, but you have it in a year. And so it's like, well, that was like an intense year, but in a really awesome way. You and know. so often people are on the hamster wheel of life and they go to the, the same job every day, the same places, you know, the, the day becomes like Groundhog Day and it becomes very repetitive. And so it can feel like, you know, just one run on day. Whereas um, when you're in flow consciousness, life becomes so much more robust, new opportunities present themselves, you know, so life is so much more full and rich. And like Justin said, there'll be so many more things that you'll do. So the amount of experiences that you have in one year feels like lifetimes. Yeah. And experience is everything, right? That's, that's true. True. I, I guess uh, I don't want trying to replace like the value of everything in life. A lot of people want to say that it's with money, but for me and for anybody in flow, it's usually experience. Yeah. Like rating things on experience and the mystery of experience, the excitement, but then you start trickling in these, these states of flow, like synchronicity um, or effortlessness. And it's, it's like this magical game that we all get to play. And it's so fun constantly, instead of having just a hamster wheel effect or like your computer with the, the, the idol just spinning in circles. It's mm -hmm. like, you're actually navigating a full new space that is, is of mass infinite potential. It's beautiful. Makes me so <laughs> yeah. So you just touched on a, a couple of the hallmarks of flow that when you're really living in this uh, expanded stage of flow consciousness, you start to have more synchronicities that demonstrate really that everything 
is interconnected and life starts to feel magical and all of these little things happen all the time that are showing you that you're you're on the right path and also the the quality of effortlessness that things that you know in the past you may have had to struggle and hustle and grind for now become effortless and you know all of the things that you're doing take on this effortless quality because you're not in resistance to life it's trusting. There's a lot of trust involved with this too. Cause I used to be a, yeah, or faith or whatever you want to call it. But I, I used to be so skeptical of anything that wasn't just pure fact or reality. Like I went down atheist rabbit holes, even though I was grew, I grew up in like um, pretty organized religious households and, and, connecting to spirituality or, or connecting deeper to intuition. I mean, call it God, call it source, call it nature, call it whatever you want. That, that connection to a channel that helps you lead into this direction is a really beautiful thing. And it, it can never happen if you don't believe in it. So opening the mindset up to understanding that this is a very real thing for many, many people. And this is how people do find bliss or, or happiness long-term. Um, is the first so synchronicity? We, you just mentioned that a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's that's a hallmark, right? Mm -hmm. Getting that right. One of my favorites. It's it's like the the reminder. I don't know. You guys want to explain a little bit about what synchronicity is first, and then I'll talk maybe about some synchronicity that always happens in life. Yeah, yeah. Synchronicity. You know, these are basically like. Um, uh, I think the, the best way to describe it is like uh, road markers, you know, ways to tell that you're calibrating the flow, right? So when you're driving down any street, you know, how do you know that you're still on the street, right? You know, there's usually, uh, you know, little bumps on the side of the road or there's some kind of guardrail, you know, that becomes particularly important when you're driving in the snow and you can't see the road, you know, it may seem a little obvious in California, but in the East Coast in the middle of winter, you're really glad that there's a road marker so you know you're not driving off into the middle of the you know, to the middle of some, mm -hmm. some rocky field or whatever. And uh, so we say that synchronicities are like these signs or th these signs that we experience. And they're not something that happens outside of us. Actually, a lot of the cutting edge research into synchronicity is showing that they have to do with how we perceive ourselves in reality. So we only start to notice the synchronicities because of the decisions that we're making, which put us in a place and time that allow us to see this kind of meaningful coincidence that lets us know that we've, you know, we, we're, we're tracking flow in that moment. Essentially, that's what synchronicities are. They're, they're, so do you think that they're happening even if we're not noticing them? Sometimes, yeah. I think a lot of the time people just aren't paying attention to the world around them. They're so distracted by our phones, by life, you know, just not really <laughs> noticing things because we're just not paying attention. So you can start to to pay more attention you'll start to see them more but really as you calibrate more to flow consciousness they'll actually happen more so you're actually kind of engineering the synchronicity because you're putting yourself in the the right place and the right time for it to line up and so you know we use it as a way to calibrate whether you're really in flow if you're you know kind of experiencing it you know every now and again uh, it's a way that you can really track it. Yeah, actually, it's really interesting because I just had an experience with my dad where he was really, you know, for the last few years, he's been he's been sick and he's been struggling and he has not been experiencing a lot of flow. And, 
you know, we've had conversations about synchronicity and we just, um, we just did some really deep healing work, uh, down in Costa Rica a couple weeks ago. And he's had a huge shift in how he sees himself and his perception. And he's calling me every day now saying like, Oh my God, I just had the craziest synchronicity. I had like 10 synchronicities today. And so, you know, it, it's, it's wild to see, uh, someone make such a radical shift in their own, you know, and how they're showing up and thinking and acting. And to have the synchronicities just start tenfold. And I mean, these are, these, some of these are like really intense synchronicities. Like, you know, he, he's, he's doing things he hasn't done. And he's running into people that he hasn't seen in like 15 years. All of a sudden just, just start showing up again. And they're like, Oh, I missed you. You know, it's like, okay, you know, uh, there's definitely something going on here. And it's, it's way more than just coincidence. And it's important on the, on the wavelength of trust, like you said, to, to not view synchronicities as coincidences. Because when you do that, you're essentially saying, well, you know, that that's something that's outside of me that, that has nothing to do with me. And it's pretty much meaningless. Um, you know, oh, it's just a coincidence, but it's not a coincidence. It's a, you know, this is life talking to you. And if you pay attention, there's magic on the other side, you know? Yeah. It, this is very heavy direction for me because there's, and there's many different layers to this. Like there, there are these like really freakish things that happen. Um, serendipitous stuff sometimes where it's just mass coincidences and i've heard not not coincidence they feel like coincidences i've heard you guys tell some really crazy stories about actually any given time that i'm talking to you all you have just had something pretty wild happen that most people would be like that is insane but like it happens constantly for you because you're paying attention to it and you're always in sync and for me it happens all the time everybody mm -hmm. i mean everywhere i go all the time but on a mini scale one of the things that is most, I guess, most of a measurement for me is, is numerology. I'm constantly getting uh, triple fives, or triple threes, or ones. I follow twos more than anything. But when I'm not in flow, I can go months without seeing three ones next to each other. But when I am, it's like every license plate I look at has three Js, or it's, it's always three or more, and it's constant, and it's five or six times a day. And... It's, it's a beautiful like reminder that you have these things that are coming into your world that are pointing you or letting you know that you're exactly where you need to be. It doesn't have to be the most complicated, you know, you running into somebody you haven't seen in 20 years that you were just thinking about, although that stuff does happen too, uh, miraculously or not. So, Yeah, it really, and as you see them, it kind of engenders more trust in life and your creatorship. And so when you start to see life as a feedback mechanism that is really constantly giving you input and data that you can see where you are creating so much of this. And, and um, every time you see one of those synchronicities, it's like, oh yeah, okay, I got this. Yeah. It's, it's just like a slap in the ass, you know, like get them, go get them boy. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's like your exactly soccer, it's like your soccer coach following you around the rest of your life. You know? <laughs> Exactly. 100%. I was, I was with my friend, Jared and Gaza, uh, and he, are you guys familiar with, do you know who, who he is? Jared and Gaza? Do you know uh, do you know Chase Reeves from Fizzle by any chance? Okay. So I was down with them. I don't know. And anyways, I'm sitting there thinking like, wow, I feel really abundant all of a sudden. I don't know what it is, but 
I feel a lot of abundance and I've had a lot of play with Jupiter energy and meditations or shamanic journeys or whatever I've been attending or doing in my weird, insane life. And I'm sitting there with Jared's daughter. He's got, uh, he's got like a five-year-old and then two twins that are three. And, and one of the twins was sitting with me and I did not, re I'm like, I don't know. It just feels, you feel like this child of abundance, like you're glowing. And then a couple hours later, I was talking to his, I went on date night with him and his wife and we were sitting there talking and I was like, do your kids have middle names? And they started telling me their kids have middle names and, and Teo's middle name was Jupiter. Yeah. Well, and I was awesome. like, see, this is, that's one of the more extreme examples of, of kind of synchronicity. But I was like, wow, I was feeling that. That's, that's really interesting. That's not just a coincidence. So kind of cool. So cool. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. They, you know, they show up and you never really know quite when they're going to happen. And they, 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 they take all kinds of shapes and forms from names and numbers to, you know, signs on buildings to, you know, people showing up. It's wild. You just got to pay attention. And, and I think another important piece is kind of being curious and playing with it, right? So if, if something shows up, it might be easy to dismiss it and write it off or just be like, okay, that was cool. But if you get curious, like, oh, why is this showing up? You know, what it, what is this for me to learn? And then, you know, maybe Googling it. Or if you think of someone randomly, um, you know, or see someone you haven't seen, follow up with them, you know, meet up with them because who knows why they're showing up in your life again. So it's, it's really um, following the breadcrumbs because often those synchronicities will lead to much bigger things. Uh, I like breadcrumbs. <laughs> so all of the other hallmarks, they're, they're kind of, they're all, they're all sort of for the, they're all sort of for the same thing, right? To know that you're, you're on, you're, you're kind of working in and out of flow or you're living in flow a little bit. Right. Yeah. I mean, basically they're ways to calibrate how deeply you are in flow. And they also are kind of like the benefits of living in flow too. You know, synchronicity is usually like a really fun experience for most people. Most people wish their life was more effortless. Um, you know, most people would appreciate some exponential growth and success and, you know, not having to spend 20 years doing something that could take two or two months. So they, they're, they're calibration points and they also paint a picture of what it's like. Yeah. It's like what you can yeah. expect when you're living in flow consciousness, having this state of equanimity and this, uh, emotional freedom is, you know, such a powerful hallmark that is really, um, one of the most potent ones when living in flow that, you know, life could be crazy all around you, but you're able to remain in your center. So oh, yeah. uh, I mean, to trust life and dance with challenges. It's not that, you know, nothing difficult is ever going to present itself in your life. It's not that you're, you know, there's going to be nothing that you're up against that's difficult. There's still going to be deaths. There's still going to be, you know, divorces, breakups, all of these things, but it's really how you navigate them with this, uh, sense of calm and maintaining your balance yeah. and centeredness. Yeah. There was a, there was a, one of the guys who's been through our training. He, um, you know, I think he, he was like uh, seven weeks into it or something. And he had to suddenly get stents put in his heart. Like he, his father had heart problems and he had to get like wow. bypass surgery. And then he hit the same age in his life and he had heart problems all of a sudden. He literally was just like out walking his dog or something. And ended and up that in was his biggest fear his yeah. whole life too. Yeah. And he ended up in the hospital, you know, having basically open heart surgery, you know, and for most people, like 
that would shut their lives down and they would freak out and it would be, you know, a spiral of fear and, 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 uh, anxiety and so on. But he came, he, he showed up in the group like a week later and was like, I just had the most amazing experience. I had stents put in my heart. It was incredible. I was in peace and gratitude the whole time. And I connected with the nurses really deeply and it was profoundly healing. And I'm inspired to write a book about, you know, breaking the cycle of illness, passing generally generationally from like, you know, parents to children. And he's like, I, I have like a, such a lift from this experience. And we're like, okay, such a perfect example of what happens when you live in flow is that the things that, you know, spin most people out end up thrusting you even more into your growth and expansion. And, you know, that's really what emotional freedom gives you. You know, it's powerful. It's beautiful. So gro- growth and trust and synchronicity are all hallmarks, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so exponential growth and success, um, deep sense of trust. Uh, emotional freedom, which is really, you know, freedom from limiting beliefs, old emotional patterns, you know, inner blocks, uh, synchronicity, effortlessness, fortuitousness, which is when life's conspiring in your favor. So like, so, it's being, like when, when the right, the right people, place, the right the... resources, exactly. When okay. the, exactly what you need just shows up in your life. Yeah. Kind of like abundance, just in, in any different way, not necessarily monetary, just the support just shows up when you need it the most, which right. seems to happen constantly if we pay attention to it as well. All of these. Yes. Totally. Well, you know, if, if, if when you start to get into like the mechanics of reality and it's like, you really understand that we're extensions of nature. And if you, if you take humans or humans are like the, <laughs> you know, the black sheep and nature family, you know, every other part of it, all the animals, all the plants, they live in perfect abundance and harmony all the time. When humans get involved, we like to, you know, mess with the system a little bit and, you know, knock ourselves out of it. But the truth is, if, you know, you strip away, like how we've uh, drifted away from living in alignment with nature, the truth is, is that we are made from nature. We're extensions of nature. And in nature, everything thrives. There's always everything that you need to survive is always there. It's always present, you know, all the resources, all the food, whatever. So if we just, you know, kind of learn how to live in alignment with, you know, these first principles that nature operates on, we start to experience the same thing. It's constantly trying to conspire to do that, you know, so we just have to get out of our own way, really unlearn some things that really yeah, don't serve it's us. It's really you know, like we've taken on this program this programming that there's lack scarcity that we need to have safety and security and all of these things that create the boxes of limitation. Yeah. You know, animals don't stress about where their next meal is going to come from. Like literally they don't, and we know they don't because they don't go on killing sprees and kill, you know, tigers don't kill 15 rhinos and stuff them under a tree for later. They, they, they kill one or, you know, whatever animal, a gazelle, they kill one. And then even if they're in a herd of a thousand other gazelles, they don't keep going and killing them because they have this implicit trust that they're going to be taken care of. But humans go, oh, we got to grab all we can because, you know, we might not be there tomorrow. But, you know, that's that's a little difference in how we operate. So, <laughs> But it doesn't have to be, I guess, if we can all start on a small scale, understanding that that's how it is. I mean, what if you strip down all of your material belongings – and you get down to a backpack, anybody who has done that will tell you that this is something that is real, right? Things start to happen that open up your mind because you're not distracted by all the layers. You're not distracted by all these ideas that anybody else may have put on you or, or these, I guess, mindsets that were sort of forced to 
step into from the child, you know, from the time that we're born until now. And as we grow, we peel back those layers and the more simple that we can be, the easier it is to, to notice this type of thing. That's exactly really kind of how this all came to me was really? through travel. Yeah, I walked away from a really, really comfortable life in New York. I was uh, had a really successful private practice and uh, I was thriving in many ways, you know, externally, right? So I had all of the trappings of success, yet on the inside, there was this constant drive to achieve and to be perfect, you know, just like all of this that was creating a lot of um, dis-ease in my system, quite literally. And I got an autoimmune condition. It was really on the path to burnout. And then, you know, after my brother's death, which is coming up on 10 years, I walked away from all of it and gave away most of my things, put my stuff in one bag, and I left and did a trip around the world. And so it was really a lot of shedding in that, the identity of who I came to know myself as, you know, um, was, it, it was, it, so much programming, right? Like at, every time I went out, I felt like I, I needed a new dress or something. And uh, it was very much the New York kind of life and who am I and defining myself by my achievements and getting my worth from all of this external validation. And when I traveled, it was really stripping away all of that. You know, it, it's kind of um, a cliche, you know, just that I, I found myself on this journey and it was like a deep, deep journey of healing for me um, to learn to trust myself, to trust life, to follow my intuition and really uh, surrender to life. Yeah. When you talk about your, your transformation, which I've talked to you about before, it's, it's very beautiful because when bad things happen or when we lose loved ones, so many of us just, close down, right? Like you could close down and, and just never know how to get out of that hole. But by simplifying and, and doing this for yourself, even though it may have been the darkest, most confusing thing you've ever done in the beginning, you felt like you had to do it for some reason. And it has led you to where you are now, which has been remarkable for so many people around the world to be able to, to learn from you, to watch you, to model what you're doing and how you're approaching things. And now you, you, you get to tell stories like synchronicity of, of wanting to go to Mars, you know, or, or the moon wanting to go to the, is it the moon, right? Like that story. Right. Just in general. <laughs> yeah. Like you told Jupiter. us a story. Jupiter. 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 Yeah. Jupiter. <laughs> it's a synchronicity. Did you see that? It's a synchronicity. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> In Bali, you had mentioned you had this this idea of wanting to go to the moon, and then and the synchronicity that sort of happened with that um, getting in around the people that are actually going to the moon. Do you want to do a, a, a cliff note version of that story really quick, just because I want to hear it again? Yeah. So just for fun, um, I'm known as kind of a, a master manifester and, and I say things and they kind of instantly show up in my reality. Like I just went to Hawaii for my birthday and, uh, Justin's girlfriend and I went for my, for my birthday and we came back and we kind of didn't want to wait a long time until we go back to Hawaii. And the day I got back, I got a phone call and it was basically, 
uh, this travel company offering me an insane amount of trips for practically nothing. <laughs> and so it just kind of, of showed up. Um, so I have this reputation as a master manifester. And so just to prove, um, you know, how much fun it is to, to create, I have just been saying that I'm going to go to space with Richard Branson because I think it would be fun. And, um, <laughs> and then I guess it was two years ago. Now a friend of mine randomly reached out to me and, uh, I had made a connection for his business. And so he reached out to thank me for that. And then right after that, he says, Hey, do you want to join the space mission? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? And, uh, he's like, well, there's this, um, mission for six people to go to the edge of earth's orbit to watch the full solar eclipse. Do you want to be a part of it? And I was like, well, you know, yes. And <laughs> I definitely want more information. Um, but it, it was like, it makes no sense how this showed up in my life. He didn't know I wanted to go to space. It wasn't really a thing that he was tracking and it just kind of showed up in my reality. Yeah. Manifesting is real. It is the are, do you know your human design? We're both projectors. Are you? So you're not even a, you're not even a manifesting generator or anything. We're a manifester. That's that's awesome. Yeah. Joe, both projectors. Cool. We had a call on this subject not too long ago. Um, that kind of thing it just gives me goosebumps. I mean, really, it gives me goosebumps because, like, you you guys, Mike Dooley fans. Yeah. 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 You know, he, he always talks about manifesting things as being sort of like using a GPS system, like a digital GPS system where you know where you're sitting and you know what the end result is that you want to obtain, which would be your vision, but you never know how it's going to come about in between. And I feel like flow is it's that road. It's like when you're on those roads and you're, you're, you know you're on the route because your GPS is kind of telling you, which would be like the same as just sticking to your vision. You're moving in the general direction that you need to go. You're seeing houses. You're seeing people on the side of the street. You're noticing things around you that let you know that you're still moving towards your direction. And this is sort of what's happening with flow. And every once in a while, you have this gigantic thing that pops in there um, that, that really makes you think, there's just no way in hell these are actually coincidences. This is just well, that, way far beyond, you know? That's really it. Flow is really understanding the mechanics of how it all works. So seeing, you know, where you hold beliefs around something being possible or not possible, um, you know, because so often people want to call something into their life, but then they don't believe that they're worthy or, you know, that's, you know, out of the realm of possibility for them. So really first addressing the underlying beliefs that that could be in the way of that actually happening. Um, there's a piece of holding the intention and the vision and, and kind of projecting energy into that becoming a part of your reality. So there, flow is really the mechanics of how that all works. So is this all inner flow? Um. We kind of been running back and back forth and across forth. the border. Okay. You know? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> well, hallmarks are out. Are they external, right? Or is that both? I'm just... um, yeah, hallmarks are kind of meta. They're just, <laughs> yeah. Um, they're like, uh, they're basically like overarching framework 
for both inner and outer flow. You know, you can you can hit them just from doing inner flow and from doing outer flow or either or. Okay, so then the system with Betar or what you, what else you were talking about when you said seven, so that this whole thing isn't revolving only around the hallways. Yeah, right, right, right. So yeah, so inner flow is really uh, your perception. Um, you know how you view yourself in the world, your belief structures, your emotional state, basically anything that's going on inside of what society and most people commonly conceive of as you, right? Yeah. That's that's inner flow. It's everything going on inside your mind, brain, body. You know, your feeling, your sensation, perception. Outer flow is more about what you're doing in the world, the, the choices you're making, the decisions you're making. Like, you know, how do you move from the inner reality to the external world, and, and what do you do out there? you know, to, to make flow a reality. So you need both pieces in order to get to the highest levels of flow. Inner flow is foundational. So if you don't have inner flow in order, you're going to for sure max out. And technically, if you really dial your inner flow into the maximum, you could probably just get in to flow with that alone. You'll naturally start doing some of the other things you need to do to hit outer flow. But for, for 99% of people, it's going to be 60% inner flow, 40% outer flow. So what, what you do is very important on both sides, but inner flow is a little bit more important because you can't escape how you're perceiving the world. So, so you start you start with the foundation, right? Right. And, and inner flow is where Bethar comes in. So um, so just to kind of paint the, the picture very clearly, like when you've got your inner flow dialed in and your outer flow dialed in, you're going to start experiencing the hallmarks. So everything that we were just talking about. A big piece of the inner flow is... Um, I recognize that book cover. <laughs> the big part of the inner flow is, um, you could see that already. Yeah. I see with my third eye, man. Uh, <laughs> big part of the inner flow is, is Bethar. Okay. And Bethar is a map of how essentially inner flow works, right? How we move from beliefs and emotions at the deepest level into our actualized experience of reality. And, and it's, it's a map for how to shift those pieces too, so that we can actually achieve more flow. Right. So it's basically kind of the internal compass that when you, when you get it down and you dial it in, it's going to lead you to flow all the time. And that's why so, we usually, we, we talk about it as reality creation as opposed to manifestation, because there's this misconception about manifestation that you're, um, you know, people think of manifesting and they're like, oh, I want to manifest my dream car or my dream partner or whatever. And uh, they tend to think of it as the things that they want in their lives. And what they don't realize is that they're manifesting everything in their reality. And so it's it's our subconscious beliefs and our perceptions about reality that are manifesting the good things, the bad things, all the things. So, yeah, that's the so, difference. Uh, affirming your beliefs because... Well, if, if you think like this world is dangerous, right? If, when I left Kentucky, everyone was like, man, you can't go out there. You can't go to Colorado. You can't go to Colorado. You can't go to Oregon, man. The Taliban are going to get you out there. And, I, and like, they honestly do believe that the world is so dangerous that they never leave their small towns. And I'm like, Tali, Taliban, what are you talking about? But when I started getting heavy into affirmations and, and a reason that I'm obsessed with mindset and why I make products to help people reframe their mindset is because by affirming something, we are subconsciously telling ourselves that it's true so that when we're not thinking about it and we're out there in the world, we start to take actions that are in alignment with those affirmations or those visions. And that's how it actually manifests. And it happens with everything. Like you were saying, it's not just one thing. It's our entire reality is, is built off this mechanism. 
Totally. So beliefs are super important, but if you have if you have your beliefs in line, then you can move into emo emotions. Is that the E? Mm -hmm. yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, emotions. You know, emotions. It, it, I'd say ninety percent of the time, your emotional state is dictated by your belief. Ten percent of the time, you know, you can just get some straight up Pavlovian conditioning. You know, like if you touch the stove. Uh, when it's hot and you burn yourself, you know, like you instantly associate the stove with being hot. So you can get emotional associations like that just through just straight conditioning. But for most people, 80 to 90% is going to be as a result of their belief structure. Um, and usually the ones that are, and, and it doesn't matter though, because essentially, um, you're optimizing your beliefs and your emotional state too. So, you know, when, for example, when most people experience fear, it's not actual, life-threatening situations and psychological fear, you know? And so when you, uh, if you're experiencing psychological fear, you know, that's something that you're going to want to shift, right? You're going to want to get to the root of why are you experiencing that, you know, and, and repattern it, tell a new story there, just like you tell a new story about, you know, your friend's beliefs in, from Kentucky where they, you know, thought the, the world was a dangerous place. You, you want to, you want to tell a new story. You want to repattern that, reprogram yourself into a narrative a belief structure or an emotional state that enhances flow, right? It's going to put you in a space of joy, inspiration, expansion, you know, feeling good versus feeling fear all the time. Because if you're, if you're constantly in a space of fear, I mean, you're going to literally destroy your health and sabotage your flow big time. So not that you should never experience it again, but it's about, you know, letting it serve a, a purpose that supports you and keeps you safe versus something that debilitates you and makes it so that it's hard to do what you want to do for, to, to have a, a, you know, a fulfilling life. So if your thoughts are in alignment with flow, then you can start to make the right decisions. To right. So, state. Exactly. So beliefs and emotions are a lot of times below the surface. You know, you're not usually aware of your beliefs. They're just kind of running in the background because you have so many of them. Most people are somewhat aware of their emotional state depends you'd be surprised some people have no idea what's going on emotionally they're totally cut off um so those are kind of below the surface but our thoughts are usually where people become cognizant of the results of their beliefs and their emotional state like our thoughts are where you know we become aware of it typically so you know when, when you're when your friends are from kentucky or whatever are saying you know careful there's taliban in colorado they're not thinking well i believe the world is a dangerous place they're just having that thought you know what i'm saying but below that there's a bunch of emotional uh, patterns and there's a bunch of belief structures that are contributing to that so, so yeah there's so, so there's beliefs that are actually creating those thought forms and so you know and this is where affirmations fall short because it's like if you're just repeating these uh these affirmations but underlying you have these conflicting beliefs in your subconscious if you've got a lot of beliefs in your subconscious that contradict that affirmation, you're going to have cognitive dissonance around that particular belief. So it's like your, your conscious mind, you're repeating this affirmation. If you look in the mirror and tell yourself, I love myself, I'm beautiful. And like deep down, you're like, I'm a troll, you know, and have all of these negative limiting beliefs about yourself that it sets up this uh, cognitive dissonance. Yeah. So we, we recommend always, working at the layer of belief, like digging down from thoughts. So if you have a negative thought, don't just try and change the thought. Ask yourself, like, why am I having this thought? What must I believe is true in order to be having this thought? What am I making this mean about myself? 
you're going to dig down in and you'll find the beliefs and that's where you want to do the reprogramming. So when you, if you're going to use an affirmation or a statement like that, you know, you don't want to do it in opposition to a thought. You want to do it. You want to get down to the belief layer and then start to rewrite the narrative down there and then use your, base your affirmations on your beliefs. That way you actually start to reprogram a new story versus kind of chasing smoke and mirrors at the thought level, you know? And it's kind of a a system, sort of like building a habit to be able to do that instead of just closing down with it. Because there's many different ways to reframe beliefs. Like if you want to go like the Reiki route or something like that, I've had all sorts of weird old limiting beliefs that have come up that I would have never thought about had I not had some sort of like energy healer helping me bring them out. But in other ways, it does come down to the simple question that you just said, like, why is this scary to me? And really thinking about it, because if you're not getting help from the outside world on this topic and you're just by yourself and you're having these thoughts, like that is, that is one of those things that we have to be just straight with ourselves on. Like this actually does scare me. Like, why is this happening? Why do I have anxiety? Uh, why does this trigger anxiety? And then working towards maybe, I, I don't know if there's probably a hundred different ways to do that, but are there any direct ways on that exercise to start rewriting that limiting belief? that you know of other than journal. I mean, I guess journaling would be a good one. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's quite a few and they go from, you know, simple and easy to explain to requires an hour, you know, tutorial to really learn it. So, um, so basically, you know, what we would call like a level one practice, which is something that's effective, um, wouldn't be the, like the fastest and most efficient route, but it's something that people can get started with immediately is, um, there's a few different things. One is looking for evidence that the new belief that they're trying to adopt is true. So a lot of times what, what happens with beliefs is we have cognitive uh, confirmation bias. So our brains are actively searching for evidence of the belief that we already have. So if we have a limiting belief, it's really easy to be like, no, dude, seriously, there's Taliban in Colorado. I saw it on the news. Like, no, trust me, you know, but the, but, but like at the same time, you know, there's tons of people living in Colorado that have no problem with that. So you want to look for the evidence of the reality that you would prefer to have or the reality that supports flow, right? So you want to look um, for evidence in your own life or in other people's lives that proves that the belief you're trying to adopt is actually true because beliefs are essentially just strongly held convictions about how reality is. So if you can find a, a, some something else that's happening that proves that that reality is possible, it already starts to loosen that belief in your brain because you can't adhere to, no, this is absolutely true. And that starts the process of making it become true. And as you see it more, you see more evidence for it and it creates this feedback loop. So that's the, that's kind of like a really easy hack that people can do is like really just start to look for evidence of the belief of the reality that you want to have. And you will naturally start to find more of it and it will shift your belief over time. Yeah, that's, that's beautiful because... When I lived out there, I never thought that it was possible to travel, to, to work for myself, because I wasn't surrounded by people who were doing it. But when I looked for evidence of it, I did start finding all these people that were doing it. And then I decided to start talking to them and interviewing them. And in that, I realized that this is totally possible for anybody who wants to pursue it. And I was able to rewire that limiting belief that held me in one space for that long of my life and completely switch it. And I didn't even think about that, but man, you're right. Evidence, like that's, that's, that is a great, great way to do it. 
Right. Cause you're invalidating that, that old belief, because if you believe that, well, I can't travel the world because I have kids, but then there's all of these people traveling the world with kids. That means that belief <laughs> doesn't hold up. Yeah, you can't. Right. Yes. So you're finding these models of possibility, these, these people that are the embodiment of whatever it is that you want in your life. And so the other piece of it, you know, we, we spoke to a little bit is um, really using your reality as a feedback mechanism. So, so often when we're feeling an emotional charge and we're actively triggered, we don't want to feel it. So it's like, you know, we'll instantly distract ourselves, numb out, you know, watch TV, uh, you know, eat a pint of ice cream or whatever it is. So that way we don't actually have to experience that emotion when that emotion is actually... It's, it's like a little nugget of gold because it's showing you where you're holding on to these faulty perceptions. So if you choose to sit with it and be with that emotion and do that process that we talked about of mindful questioning to drill down to what that belief is, you know, there's so much information there that you can then use um, to shift that belief and then do what Justin said and find evidence of you know, the new empowering belief that you want to step into and find those models of possibility. But instead of, you know, just repressing or suppressing these emotions, we get excited about them because it, it means we're able to access a deeper layer of our own growth and healing. This is beautiful. I get so, I mean, the, the system and how it runs, it's like the most fascinating thing. And and just these little nuggets that you can pull out of the whole thing. I mean, you all have, you've got a whole course you can go through. I remember Dash, Dash did your course, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was raving about it because I have the basics down. Um, and I feel like I do a pretty good job of living in flow, but I've had to practice that like hardcore. And I know that we haven't been able to even really scratch the, that much of implementing this system from, a perspective of like somebody doesn't know where they, what they are or what they're doing and they want to bring this into their, li their lives. But you guys have courses, right? That's correct. Yeah. 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 We have, we have a level one and a level two advanced training. Um, and we have two. Uh, yeah, we've got two third, third layer in the works. Um, but so, so you go through the first one and then when you get to a certain point, you come into the, the second one. Is that basically? How yeah, basically, yeah. Level one is like, that's like the core foundational elements of flow. So that's like, it's a must because if you have that, you essentially have the keys to the kingdom and you can probably figure out everything else over time on your own. But with flow, it's really, you know, we're, we're trying to help people make really rapid shifts here. So we're, we're trying to help people evolve fast. We want, we want them to take something that would take 10 to 20 years, see if they can get it done in a year in the most effortless way possible. Cause that's when you really shift your reality. That's when you really make quantum leaps. So level two is basically like all the really advanced stuff that we've learned over like 15, 20 years of being dedicated to this and compressing that into a course that allows you to get that knowledge really fast. Same thing with level one, but level two is taking the core concepts and applying them in terms of business, situations. relationships, health, you know, money, um, expansion of consciousness, how reality works, you know, taking it and really applying them in a nuanced way, because 
you know, you can learn the core fundamentals of flow and those will take you through any situation. But if you're running a business, there's going to be nuanced ways that this thing applies. And so, um, you know, you can figure it out on your own. But again, it's like you get you'll go you'll move faster and have more success if you have someone mentoring you that's been there before. So, yeah, I was going to mention earlier when you were talking, Jackie, about how crucial this could be or how beautiful it could be for relationships too. Um, learning how to live in flow individually and then also as with or within a relationship, whether it be a friendship or an intimate relationship, there has to be like so many different directions you can go with this. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like flow it's like, for every like area now. of your life. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. It, it's beautiful because in relationship with others, you know, others are often a mirror for us and show us the places that we haven't fully healed and integrated. So, you know, in particularly in romantic relationship, so often they activate our our deepest core wounds, our deepest core attachment wounds. So, you know, in relationship, you get to see so many of the limiting beliefs and so many of the emotional patterns um, that maybe aren't as strong in other areas of life. So uh, definitely relationship is a highly nuanced place to explore flow. Yeah. I mean, essentially, most of our lives are lived in some form of relationship, whether it's romantic or friendship or coworker or, you know, housemate or whatever. And so if you if you don't know how to operate in flow in relationships, you have a hard time. Yeah. Yeah. We have we're, I mean, we're community based. And I think that even individually, this is this stuff's really powerful. And it's almost like following excitement, right? Living in your highest excitement at all times and even being able to bring excitement to situations that may feel really dark um, and, and doing the whole, I can't change it mentality. It, it's like, if you get to the point where you have all the abundance in the world and you've already traveled everywhere you ever want to go and everybody beautiful is already in your life that you need, what would you be doing with your time? And being able to become that person at all times through these minor practices that may seem extremely overwhelming to some people, but it's really just about the baby steps as is anything else. I mean, it's like Alan Watts, right? If you, what do you say? Once, once you get the message from the spirit, hang up the phone, right? Like once you know, once you start triggering this in and feeling that it's not just a coincidence, uh, there's really no going back if you, if you pay attention to it and, I can't imagine why anybody would want to go back at least. I guess There's resistance no is a us, but yeah. yeah. I think I think people people like the I don't think anybody ever really wants to go back once they've experienced it. It's definitely the other way around, but you know, people tend to get in their own way. You know, I mean, we've all been there, I think, at, at different points in our life where, you know, we, yeah, the resistance comments. Yeah. Resistance or the self sabotage or the change we're being asked to make is intimidating or I mean, you know, I think what, what you shared, you know, before the interview officially started or whatever, when you, <laughs> when you left, you know, you made the entrepreneurial shift and you, when you decided to leave, you know, the safety and security of the job and move into, I'm going to take 100% responsibility for my life now. You know, that's, that's a big shift, you know, it, it, it's as, it's as easy or as hard as we want to make it, you know, it, it, we can, we can create a tension around it and make it, you know, sit in fear the whole time and, or we can be totally at peace with it. At the end of the day, it's the same shift, you know what I mean? But it's just how we choose to go through it. So, but nonetheless, you know, that's a, 
it's a big shift in a lot of people's world. I mean, I've, I've gone through that shift. Jackie's gone through that shift. So I, I know what it's like. And it's a lot of learning and leaning into your growth edges. Yeah. It can be intimidating, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it can be intimidating at different points. And so I think, you know, that's where people get tripped up. But the truth is, is that when you leap, you know, and you're living in flow, especially like you, you don't come back down, you go higher. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you make a leap, it's like a leap up and up and up and up. And so your life just keeps getting better. I remember when I left my job, I was um, I was walking away from basically like what everybody wishes they had in life, more more or less, like the classic American dream: high paying corporate job, like C suite position, you know, no oversight, uh, like my own corner office, my own bathroom, and a gorgeous office, making great money, you know. And I'm looking at walking away from it into, you know, new business ventures that basically aren't making any money at that point or very little compared to what I was making. And uh, so it just seemed like, you know, <laughs> leaping off a cliff into a bottomless pit. But at the, but I, I jumped and, you know, the next two months, instead of being at the office, I spent hanging out on the beach and I made more money in those two months than I did the entire time I was working at that job. So, but I couldn't see that, you know, sometimes it's hard to see how you're going to be caught and supported. And so the mind plays all these games and it, you know, goes into story about it, but then you make the leap and it's like, Oh, this is great. Actually. You know, so you, get, you, you get paid out for finally having that much faith and in, in doing it. Cause when I, when I did looking back on it, like I was scared shitless that I wouldn't have resources or they wouldn't show up. But then I finally got enough faith from meeting people and, and understanding that it was possible and rewiring those limiting beliefs to take that leap. And I was in a similar position where they were even offering me like one third more of the pay that I was getting to stay right when I left. Yeah. And I'm like, that's hard to say no to, but I just know I can't do this and I have to go. And as I did that, then all of a sudden people are just dropping into my life to mentor me, uh, to start businesses with me and to, to help me like restructure my health, to help me restructure my mindset, to teach me how to meditate, like all these amazing things. And at the same time, I'm trying to be sort of of that person for other people as well. And it all is just kind of flowing together without me having to think about it. It's just happening. And because I had the faith and, and as soon as I, I stopped paying attention to that, everything went haywire, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I'm feeling too, like there's an important distinction to make. That's probably exactly what I'm thinking. Let's see. But it's really important that when you leap, that your intention is to go towards more purpose and towards your joy and excitement. That's a key thing. And, you know, because a lot of times people go, well, I'm just going to quit my shitty job and then, you know, go watch Netflix all day. It's like, unless you want to be a movie director at Netflix, don't do that. Because, you know, you, you want to always be sorting towards more purpose. There's a a, a mystical thing that happens that happens every time somebody is leaping towards more purpose you're supported. The resources show up. You get whatever experience you need that's ultimately going to serve you. But if you're just, you know, leaping to go smoke weed all day and, you know, do nothing with your life, then be careful. Then then you might move backwards a little bit, okay? <laughs> yeah. I, that may not be as much. I, I don't think that's as much intuition. If I, I guess I've felt like that before, but never had the balls to just like quit a job to actually, you know, I did quit my job once before that and had no idea what I was working towards. I just did it because and it didn't work out. I went back into the industry and worked for another six years 
until I decided that I wanted to actually do something that had purpose and then it works. Right. So that's a great point. Um, when I left, I, I was dialed in. I knew exactly who I wanted to be and where I was going. And that made all the difference. So if you're not, it can be, it can be a troublesome path. Yeah. Just, just generally move. As long as you're generally moving towards your dreams, your purpose, what you want, you know, what your excitement is, you're good. And that's the thing is a lot of people don't necessarily know, you know, they know they want to make a change and they know they're kind of just a cog in the wheel in wherever they are in life and they want something different, but they might not be clear on what their purpose is yet. But even just taking steps in the direction of what lights you up, what inspires you, what's exciting to you. And like we said before, following the breadcrumbs is going to lead you to the path of alignment with your purpose. I got to read you a Joseph Campbell quote. That's like right on the alignment with this too. Yeah, this is totally, <laughs> this is totally Joseph Campbell. Quote. <laughs> when you, when you follow your bliss, that thing that truly electrifies you, four things automatically happen. And this is essentially flow, right? You put yourself in the path of good luck. You meet the people you want to know. Doors open where there weren't doors before and doors open for you that wouldn't open to anybody else. Totally. And, you know, I had the classic hero's journey when I left everything and, and just traveled the world. And, um, you know, I ended up changing careers, but I, I didn't know what was coming next. And through my travels, that led me to different experiences, which got me curious in different things and ultimately led to where I am. But when everyone asked me what was next, I had no idea. You know, I even spent a ridiculous amount of money on hiring a coach and a mentor to, to guide me. But when he asked me like what, what I wanted, I had no idea. So, you know, I felt like the whole year I was just kind of in the inquiry. Um, but following my excitement really put the pieces together, which ultimately led me here. And I'm glad you're here. Me too. I'm glad you have that sexy ass hair, Justin. Thank you. I, I found the Dave Lent quote that I was going to tell you guys earlier before we close this out. Everybody, where can they find you online? I know we have, uh, I'll put flow conscious consciousness Institute. Is that right? Dot com. Yeah. In the, the show notes, you guys can check out. If you go to heatharmstrom.com forward slash podcast, um, where else, where are your course, is your course information on there and, and everything like that? Do you have it is. Yeah. Our, our courses live on flow mastery.com flow dash mastery.com. Okay. You can find them there too. Flow consciousness Institute website too. Yeah, I'll put them both in the show notes. So if anybody wants to get more, I mean, this is, I know we went kind of all around with this. It gives everybody a really good general idea of what flow is like and what it can mean to somebody. Um, but if you're like me, it's better to have action, like oriented accountability. And this is kind of what you get from these courses. I've talked to people that obviously I've seen you guys speak. I saw you in Nicaragua. I saw you in Bali. Um, two similar talks. When I left Nicaragua after that, it was the first time I had heard of flow because you were the first people to, to put that into words for me. And in that next two week period, I wrote an entire 200 page book in flow <laughs> that had apparently been inside of me, but I had never, I never put it together. And it was really weird because I was around these two people who are really angry and negative and I'm sitting there in Costa Rica and I was just like, everything that they were saying was so toxic yet it couldn't even penetrate 
my shield because I was so happy and I was in so much flow uh, from the breath work and from just everything that we had gone through down there that I was like, it was just the most amazing feeling that I could possibly imagine. And being able to implement that all of the time has been an adventure over the past year. And so getting back down there and seeing you guys again, and then taking more notes on that whole thing to see if I was still on you know, schedule or if, what, what areas I was working in and which ones had I forgotten about? Cause there are lots of different pieces of the puzzle that are brilliant. And some of us probably gravitate more to, to some areas rather than others. And being able to practice all of them could be a beautiful thing. So I think that's something that people should definitely check out um, in the courses and just reaching out to you guys in general, social media. Are you, are you on social media? Yeah. You boycott on social media? No, we're on social media. Um, we are. Yeah. <laughs> our, our personal profiles. We haven't really uh, yeah. built up our our flow consciousness page much. You have a magazine too. Yeah. Or digital yeah. magazine, and you can also get get physical ones, I guess, through Amazon, if that's correct. That is correct. Yeah. And supportive. Some good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Definitely supportive curriculum for flow. Yeah, if you want to get into the physics or the biology or the psychology behind all of this, they do a lot of research, and it's really cool. It's brilliant. It's not just stuff they're making up. Um, there's science involved, too, for all of those people that are skeptical without science. We love the skeptics. Yeah, we love the skeptics. We love the science. It goes super deep. This is really just, you know, like putting it into practice. If you want to get into the science, you know, it's a whole other ballgame. <laughs> cool. So what are your – do you have – a preference for social media? Do you want me to put anything in the show links or I'll just put your names or? Um, Instagram is probably good. I think yeah. these days, Instagram and Facebook, you know, just follow us on Facebook or but Instagram is, it's, it's, it's easier for big amounts of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. I met yeah. my Facebook friend. Like max out so. on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are so popular. <laughs> um, okay. I'll put your Instagram links in there. I have both of them. So if you want to say them out loud, you can too, but I'll put them in the show notes. I don't even know my Instagram. Mine's just <laughs> no, my name, but no one can spell it. Yeah. <laughs> At Jackie McTell. Good luck. All right. <laughs> good, good luck. Yeah. You have to go on a hero's journey to find us. You know, good luck. Yeah. Hey, people need it. People need it. Um, I would like to just say thank you again. This has been awesome. It always pumps me up in, in ways that are not imaginable for anyone who who feels like they may not be living in flow or maybe feels uncomfortable with the position that they're in or that there's something bigger. Well, there definitely is. There always is. And it's not as complicated as you may think to move in that direction. So starting with these little baby steps of building the foundation and then expanding from there is is a really beautiful thing and and i wish it upon everybody in the world so thank you guys so much is there anything else that you want to say before you bounce just gratitude to you for yeah. having us yeah thanks for for having us it was great this was a very um joe rogan type of podcast experience which is unusual and i, <laughs> I appreciate that you know it's very casual conversational we're hanging out there in your in your living room smelling the incense. Yeah, I was going to say with your incense. Yeah. Dude, I've been burning so much sage since we've been talking. I don't <laughs> really know what to do with myself when I, I, I'm a, on Fridays I fast and I have like 10 times the amount of energy and I'm just like, yeah. 
My you thoughts come in like 10 times. Because you're not cooking or eating. So now you've got like the extra four hours that that takes. True. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I imagine if it would have been an interview on a different day, it would have been completely different. But I love everything exactly how it is and it, and it flowed <laughs> exactly how it should have for some particular reason. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing you guys again soon. And where are you headed to next? You you in Santa Barbara for a while or? Ish, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we have a couple projects that we're focused on. So there's not as much travel as there's historically been, which yeah, is nice. Yeah, a little bit of downtime. It's amazing how much stuff you get done when you're traveling every week or new. Oh, man. I almost forgot to. Okay, here's the Dave Link quote for the third time since I said it <laughs> twice and didn't say it. And now it's like built it up so much that it's just whatever. Success comes from good judgment. Good judgment comes from experience and experience comes from bad judgment. And it's really not relevant, but I liked it. So that's deep, man. I'm into it. He said that and I was like, ah. anyway, um, cool. I love you guys. You're amazing. I'll let you go. Have a good Friday. There's a place called space and it's got the magic. There's a place called space and it's got the balls. There's a place called space and it's got the passion. There's a place called space where we can smash the walls. There's a place called space where we'll face fuck conformity and the chatter of incompetence is slaughtered at birth. In this place called space, we'll build a factory of smiles that will assemble with our minds and sell to earth. Todd's out sick this week. I know that's disappointing for all of you who waited till the end to hear Todd. But in place, I am going to read a little poem for you that I wrote to make up for any scatterbrainness that may have happened in that conversation and to say thank you uh, to all of you beautiful people out there that made it this far. Like the solar flares that whip from soul's brightest hugs, like the dustings from the tip of the glacier's coldest tongue, like the dreams that come adrift when the genie rubs her lamp, the dimples on your wild cheeks melt peace in all of man. I want to hold your hand. Todd does too. I'll see you all next time. HeathArmstrong.com forward slash podcasts. There are no show notes for this episode, but, you know, we'll get back in the group of things soon. Go get your nipples pierced. Ta-ta!